What's up, fam? Welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast special bonus episode of God of War Ragnarok. Do do do. That's the theme song. (laughs) No. (laughs) We are recording this on Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. I am joined today by my second favorite person from Canada, James. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Uh, Primus. Who's your first favorite Canadian? Ryan Reynolds, obviously. Oh, yeah. He's just my neighbor. Oh. You, you know, you got to admit that's fair, right? Like, yeah. No, you know, it's it's actually his brother lives in Nanaimo. He's a cop. Um, but um, that's where I live. If anybody wants to track me down, hunt me down, kill me, you know, that sort of stuff. That's where yeah. I am. But you got to you got to catch. Wait, where me. are you now? Nothing. Um, oh. Anyway, <laughs> no, Ryan Reynolds uh, trying to write this down. Grew, grew up in uh, Vancouver, which is uh, just across the water from me. And uh, his brother lives in Nanaimo. So he will commonly come to the island and or Vancouver, uh, both places I frequent. Uh, Interesting. One, one of which I live in. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. So he is he's, he's semi-local, despite not being local anymore. Used right. I'm sure he doesn't live in the Canada anymore. No, he does not. Um, but anyway... Nor does he play a character in God of War Ragnarok. No. He so doesn't. as we mentioned, this is the God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast. So we will have spoilers. So if you haven't played it yet, like, you know, play it and then come listen to this because it's not appropriate for you. Otherwise, we will be <laughs> spoiling things. Um, part of I'll just go through the rundown, low down quick. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can at MN Gamers Podcast. You can email us at podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Check up, out rather, the Mostly Normal Monthly at mngamers.substack.com. And lastly, you can leave us a text or voicemail at 507-291-2991. So, with that said, James, where do you want to start, man? Holy, where do you start? This game was... I'll just start with saying... It was one of the best stories that I could ever imagine coming out of like a video game. It's like it's not the best story. It's just got so much enjoyable gamification like in the story that makes me excited for video games. Um, And the way I say this, like you play. Oh, damn. How do you do this? I'm talking about the main story is great and fantastic. But what I love is how much enjoyable the stories of the um, side quests were for me. Is, is this am I, am I making yeah. sense to you? Because yeah, like, like the, the side quests actually add to the game rather than just be ancillary stuff that you just and, walk away at to get the trophy. Exactly. And like the characters, the way they like interact with each other throughout the game Um while you're doing the side quests, it feels like now I did the side quests, like all of the side quests while the game was playing, which is probably not the, it's probably the more desirable way, but it is a way that makes the game feel long and padded. And sometimes like you just want to skip to the next part, but I was determined if I could do the side quest, if I had the tools at my disposal, I would do it. And that's what I did every time. And just felt like so much character development. You you just learn all these characters blend so well together. Like they've got 
they're not like samey. They've got all of this sort of like this rich sort of backgrounds. Uh, and they're all like, bring, like they don't, sh- it's not like they're sharing it at all times. They kind of like, they let those edges show and characters butt heads and they argue. And I don't know. It just felt so alive. Like it, the character, every single character had a personality and, and a goal and you understood it as a player. Um, but yeah, fuck this game was good. Yeah, man. I like uh, the characters. I think we mentioned it on previous episodes too, but I was just shocked at how well acted they were and the mm-hmm. motion capture and the voice acting and everything and how immersive each character's personality is like they yeah. have their own, like for instance, like Thor you learn that he's like a alcoholic basically. Yeah. And, uh, like his family is su- trying to like support him through like his bad decisions and his bad relationship with his father. It, they made it like, while it's uh, obviously a story about gods, like yeah. they made it very, they made it a lot of, gave it a lot of humanity so that you could relate to it in certain regards. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, which I thought was really cool. Well, especially the way like Odin treats Thor, right? Like you look at like that whole dynamic and Odin just talks down to him like he's just the the biggest mistake. And like you typically think of Norse mythology, you think of Thor and you're like, oh, yeah, he is. He's the god of thunder. He's like some he comes off at the very start of the game with this presence of like, do you know who I am? I'm the god of thunder. You're nothing. And he's like, you start off the game with an insane fight sequence with Thor and and, uh, Kratos and they do get out. But then later, like as you start to learn more about Thor's character, he's such a he's walked on by his father. His father just treats him like crap. And like, there's no doubt that his drinking is like somewhat stems from his like constant need to want to like make his father proud but constantly does the wrong thing or he's oh i'm not i'm not a thinker don't think that's what he says throughout the whole game don't think yeah yeah you can see a lot of like it's almost like his uh like what do you want to say like uh his mechanism for dealing with that is like not only like he's like your typical bully where he's like wants to feel some level of power. So he's picking on other people and mm-hmm. then he, so he makes them feel, try to feel like, like the whole thing of like put other people down to bring yourself up. Yeah. Like kind of thing. And then also, like you said, his drinking has to do with, uh, you know, him trying to remove himself from that situation or like make himself. So he doesn't think about it, I guess. Yes. Um, I think that's, I think it's, beautiful because it's like odin sitting here as like this manipulative force right who's like who knows everything and he's so much smarter than he will do the thinking thor doesn't have to do that and he shouldn't because when thor thinks he does stupid things right and so i i I, really cool dynamic between those two characters yeah and i think like odin is so well portrayed because you like when Atreus first goes to Asgard to interact with him, which was just ridiculous. I remember like going outside the walls of Asgard and just staring all around me at how beautiful it was everywhere. Um, And that part of the game, because you're, you don't know what's going to happen. Like my palms were sweating because I'm like, is he going to die here? Like what's going to (laughs) happen? 
<laughs> and like he meets Odin and you're like, oh yeah, Odin's, Odin's a good guy. I don't know why he has such a bad reputation. Like he just wants to figure out what this random crease in the uh, galaxy means. The <laughs> yeah, the fabric of the universe is a better term for it. Like yeah. means to everybody. Like completely his motives are good. Like, you know what I mean? You, yeah. you can actually like start to see his side and start to wonder like, is he miss like portrayed incorrectly like yeah i don't know who answer to that question is no he's not yeah (laughs) but it's interesting okay so you look at 2018 um i know we're jumping around a bit but let's we look at 2018 and you play through that game you go to alfheim and you fight the dark elves who have infested the the light of the the elves with this hive like substance and it's disgusting and gross and it looks like an insect like web of like sinew and eggs and uh you're like ah gross let's destroy these dark elves because they're clearly dark elves evil bad elves so you start slaying them all willy-nilly without with reckless abandon because they're in your way because you got to go spread your mama's ashes um but then in um in this game you go back to alfheim and you come in on the other side where the light elves are and you start reading all the lore and learning about like, no, the light elves are like worshiping this light. Like it's like, it's a drug and they are like, it's warping their minds and they start attacking you on site. Like you're even like a trans is like, whoa, 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 like we're, we're cool. We're cool. And they're like, no, we don't give a shit. And they start attacking your party. And so you have to fight all these light elves and you start to realize that the dark elves and the light elves, it's not just like one is an invasive one is like, moving away from the light because they see the light as a corruption and the others are being corrupted by this light, which you would typically denote for like a pause. A light is a good thing, right? But it's really cool how they play with those things. And then Atreus is, and, and even Kratos, they don't want to fight them. It's a reluctant battle. And they realize that they're stuck battling both sides, regardless of their, what they've done in the past. And, it's really interesting to see them grow and try and be like, this is futile. Why are we doing this? But there's nothing we can do because it's just entrenched in their, their history. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that part is cool. Cause it, the light almost like it basically is a drug. Yeah. You're, you're right. Like they're getting something from it, I guess. Yeah. Um, Clarity. What else? <laughs> yeah, clarity. Uh, what did you well, think about the? I mean, when do you we? You obviously play as Atreus directly, not just yeah. as secondary character, which I thought was really freaking sweet in the way yes. that they developed his movement set to kind of parallel Kratos's, but also not exactly duplicate it. Yeah, it was pretty sweet because you still have me- melee abilities, but your primary you can also do uh, Range. have your yeah your bow and arrow and that kind of thing which i thought was i didn't see that coming and i thought it was awesome and that's why i i don't know if they're going to do a like spinoff of god of war and you're gonna like play as atreus from now on or what but i would be more uh i would be all about it because they nailed it as far as like gameplay as atreus goes well why don't we why don't we go through the plot and kind of like decide figure out where where we stand with like a sequel and how it progresses because the plot is pretty like it's twisting right like you go through a lot in this game but like i've tried to 
summarize most of it. It is like still two pages long. Yeah, you did a great job, dude. Like, um, but did you do this all from memory, by the way? Because that's impressive. A bit. Like, I did check out videos. I did check out like other like people like comments and stuff like. I was all right. That happened. All right. There's a lot that happens in this game. Yeah. But um, I'll I'll run through what I can quickly, and then (laughs) I know it's two pages. I'll summarize my summarization. Essentially. We're picking up a few years later after the first game uh, finishes up. Um, the the two got Kratos and Atreus were raised have been raising wolves. One of the wolves is sick. Freya's still mad at them. Freya's attacking them. Uh, one of the wolf uh, Fenrir, which is a famous wolf name, uh, dies, and Atreus does something weird while like we like praying for him or, or whatever. He's like saying a few words for him. Magic happens. Kratos notices this, but, uh, but the, uh, the boy does not. Yeah. Trace um, doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go to relax Thor and Odin attack. Like we mentioned, they have a big kerfuffle. Odin basically asks Atreus to join him in Asgard. Uh, Atreus does not. He declines. Uh, Odin basically says, we want to have a peace. And Kratos is like, yeah, well, I don't care. We're doing our own thing. You can just bugger off being Kratos. Um, They basically then, uh, Thor Thor and Odin leave. Uh, Kratos uh, is told by Atreus that, oh, hey, I've learned a secret. Uh, With all of those uh, prophecy boxes, those giant murals that we've been finding, we can actually go inside them and see the secret message of the murals. And they start to explore them. He says, oh, I have learned this. I learned that the armies of Asgard uh, uh, come together again. Or the armies of the of all the realms come against the army of Asgard uh, at Ragnarok. Um, there is a, they are led by a spear-wielding warrior. Uh, there's something about the moon being stolen and the two wolves that chase the sun and the moon. Yeah, um, which, need to be re- reunited with the moon to progress that uh, storyline. Which so, has a segue, man, just real quick. Like when they go into those yeah. things, I like they're depicted or they show like what is depicted on the uh, mural. Yeah. And they're like interpreting it. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where you got that from, but I'm just, I'm just going to go with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's very, they're making very literal interpretations from something that's very basic. And it's like looking at like the first paintings man made on cave walls and being like, Oh, this is clearly what happened here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. No, absolutely. But and anyway. th- that's, that's very much true. There's and like what writing there is, is like one or two words. It's not like they're writing books. It's like you're looking at hieroglyphics and trying to translate what's yeah, going exactly. on. Right? Yeah. Um, they basically realize that, OK, hey, clearly the spear wielding warrior is t- the- uh, sorry. God damn it. Tyr, uh, the god of the Norse god of war. Uh, so they go back and meet up with their old friends, Brock and Sindri. Amazing characters, by the way. Yeah, they, they were are. great in the first game. They, they just absolutely shine in this game. Yeah. Um, I, I love Brock, dude. His character is... You know what's funny? I love Sindri so much. I really? love everything about his, like, germaphobic behaviors <laughs> to his, like, he's really anal and super, like... I just, I don't know. Something about making a dwarf not dirty is really 
exciting fun <laughs> like just like this he works he's a blacksmith but he's super like everything's got to be tidy everything yeah, no don't touch me with your do, do not like what was what it in the first game he's like bring your axe over here and he's like don't 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 bring it near me stop just put it, <laughs> put it down i'll deal with it it's just so gross and oh it's so funny Brock just um, has a lot of great one-liners oh, and so uh, just phrases where I just want to go through and just read his script and just steal a bunch of the things that he says <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah. Just if, if somehow like put it into my normal vocabulary. So vulgar. Yeah. Um, basically they found figure um, from the, the clues that they were given that Tyr is probably locked up in Svartalheim as, which was where the dwarves are from. So, uh, they go on an adventure. They find Tyr, and uh, Tyr doesn't want to help him out. Tyr is, uh, he's decided to become a pacifist. He's been uh, t- trapped in uh, in that prison for so long that it's warped his mind, and he doesn't want to hurt nobody. Uh, so he's kind of a dead end. Uh, they're disappointed. They bring him back. Um, that night, Atreus and Sindri sneak out because apparently... They've been doing this. They've been doing little duo adventures. And this is where you get to play as uh, Atreus for the first time. You go on an adventure. Uh, he goes and talks to Jormungandr, the giant world serpent. And the basically, the world serpent says one thing to them, Ironwood, and then fucks off. And they're like, well, what does that mean? Um, and they finish off the night trying to convince Freya to join them and fails <laughs> miserably. Yeah. Um, I thought, isn't that where she like sneaks up on her and he kind of gets her to? Uh, yeah, like he gets kind of close to her, considering like yes. maybe not killing them, and then she decides yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah, and she uh, she lets him live. I guess is the the proper term. Yeah. Uh, eventually, the party regroups. They decide to go to Alfheim to investigate the shrine of Groa because they do know that these uh, shrines have secret other messages now. So then maybe they'll find something more so they go battle the light elves of Alfheim, free a uh, half goofa don't worry we fu- free the full goofa later um they find the secret message in Groa's shrine um which is basically when ragnarok ends odin and asgard will fall so this is knowledge that none of them realize that ragnarok means the death of odin uh which is huge and to this, even Tyr was shocked. Tyr, I remember him being like, oh, "Like what? What? What?" Like, so this is something that knowledge that not not many people knew. I guess just the giants. Yeah. Um, so it's which is really interesting that Tyr was put off by this. Um, the um, basically that night, Atreus goes to sleep, wakes up in Ironwood. That's convenient. Um, which is a secret place in Jotunheim. And he meets uh, his bride-to-be, Angerboda. Um, I only say bride-to-be because in Norse mythology, Angerboda is Loki's wife. And they oh, have I didn't three, know that. They have three See? children. They have three children. One is uh, 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 Fafnir. Uh, sorry, not Fafnir. Fenrir. Um, the other one is Jormungandr, the world serpent, which we know is already existing. And uh, Hel, the ruler of Hel. Um, so So they have a wolf, a snake and a crow. Well, hell. uh, Yeah, I guess, I guess a crow. (laughs) But yeah, it's a wolf, a snake and uh, a witch. Dude, since this is 
uh, spoiler cast and all just yeah. real quick. I'm going to interject your yeah, like, go random ahead. comments. Uh, like, do you part of me wants to go back and play the game again, knowing that tier is not tier? Yes. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I wonder how many things you would be like, oh, like he did react kind of weird to that one. You know what yes. I mean? Oh, especially or his like, don't do this. Don't do this. We really shouldn't be going up against Odin. We really like constantly like that. And then suddenly at one point, 180s and goes, we can do this. Let's take that mask. Let's go into Odin's house. Yeah. I know a secret way. Like yeah, exactly. suddenly 180ing. And oh, it's just, yeah, it's. <laughs> You start to realize it when you start to go. Oh, da, 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 da. Anyway, it's it's a good one. Yeah. Um, Anger Boda basically shows him the prophecy that where that he and Kratos found at the end of the last game. Uh, however, in the last game, it was incomplete. This time, it is complete. Loki stands with Odin at the end, and Kratos is dead. Um, which, to be fair. I, I, I want to go back and look at this again, because when I beat the game, I remembered that. I, I never forgot it, but I wonder if maybe that's not Kratos laying there at the at his lap. I want to know if I want to go back and see if it is actually Kratos, because it could be another bearded, balding man who uh, who has maybe not a scar or a Oh, thing yeah. over his eye but maybe something covering his eye in a different regard capacity It'd yeah be i worth... feel like there was paint on there or something but you're right like i didn't think about that yeah so because odin famously has one eye and he's got a massive eye patch that covers it but uh kratos also has a very discernible uh red mark that comes down the side of his face so that i feel in a painting format could be misconstrued yeah. Um, basically, Anger Boda gives Atreus a bag of marbles, basically telling him that all of the uh, these are marbles containing the souls of the giants. She has collected a bunch of them, giving them to Atreus as her purpose in a prophecy. And she says, well, that's it. I'm done. Um, before they leave, uh, they notice some animals that get uh, that have their souls removed. And Anger Boda explains that that was her grandmother. She goes around and steals the souls of animals. And Loki just can't, sorry, Atreus, Loki, cannot uh, abide by that. So they go sneak into her house. Uh, he hopes to save uh, one of these animals. He finds a dead snake. He's really disappointed that he didn't make it in time. Um, and he puts the soul of a giant into that snake. The snake just leaves in a very anticlimactic manner and yeah. Loki gets disappointed. So it is worth noting. So Loki has given this, the snake a, uh, a soul essentially of a giant that snake leaves. And later in the game, you run into anger Boda and she says, Hey, she ran into that snake again and it's growing fast. And later in the game, at Ragnarok, the Jormungandr shows up, but you do, but they note that like it shows up from a different. It didn't come from Midgard; it came from somewhere oh, else. I didn't catch that, man. And I, I had to look this up. You in the first game when you talk to the um, Jormungandr the first time in the first game, he he talks to Atreus and mentions that there's something familiar about him. Yeah, so I do remember that. I think. Jormungandr 
the world serpent is like is the same snake as the one that he revives with this uh, giant soul. And it's like a weird time paradox thing. Like one is the younger version of the older one. Yeah. And um, it's God stuff. So that sort of stuff happens. Well, yeah. And I, I mean, if you, what little I do know about like Norse mythology is there, the stories are not like linear and there's mm-hmm. a lot of like, this happened first in one version, but not in the other version and that kind of thing. So that's the, not, they can definitely like be wherever they want. Kind of. It is a, it was a v- verbal lore, right? So it's a lot of its translations depend on who is telling it. I think the prose of Ida was one of the more famous written down um, depictions of it. But like a lot of the written stuff and scholarly, like, archival work it is very mixed match and and in some cases somebody married this person or had had kids with that person and another one they had had a different partner and i think i like how they handled that with uh god of war ragnarok with like the fact that while they mentioned while freya was married to odin odin referred to her as friga or frig and which was typically Odin's wife throughout Norse mythology, but she was Freya, the goddess of the Vanir um, to her and her brother and the, the Vanir gods. So it's like it, it play, it blends the, the lore to the necessity of the story, but they also make no acknowledgement to like, Oh yeah, she's actually just the same person. Uh, Just depends on what period of time she is represented in. Right. Um, so it's kind of a cool way to skirt the, 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 the mythology, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, um, the other thing I just wanted to mention about anger about it, like she's a incredibly likable character. Again, oh, yes. like well acted, like very charming. And she gets super upset when she gives Atreus the marbles because now she feels like her part is done. Yeah, you know, and like it's like the reliance on fate. Mm-hmm. I think is a big part of this game of like what, like fate versus being able to decide your own way and that kind of thing. Um, and she's obviously up to this point very much believes that like her part in everything is over now that she's handed yeah uh, Atreus a bag of marbles. Yeah, and and Atreus to to his his credit being Loki is a mischievous little scamp in in the sense that he is breaking the rules. He does not want to follow prophecy. He says the prophecy isn't because he does not want to accept that his he is going to betray his dad and cause his dad's death. And that, that's reasonable, right? But yeah. he everybody's like no no no, this is because, this is the prophecy. This is what will happen. You can't change what will happen. It always happens. And um Loki is is adamant to fight against that tooth and nail and therefore is causing mischief by saying like like he even returns the marbles he's like I want no part in this this is your thing and Angerboat is like wait what he's like he's like I'm not doing it and and causes this sort of rift with her like not knowing what to do because that was her purpose right right 
And so when he leaves, she ends up going off and we run into her later, but she's, she starts collecting the marbles on her own because that's what she thinks. I love what we're calling them marbles, but that's really, they're giant. They're like, that is kind of what they are. Like the size of a slightly smaller than a pool cue or a cue ball or whatever, like a pool ball. Um, right. And they're, yeah, look like marbles. They do. They do. They're like let's call them snooker balls. Snooker balls. <laughs> the gods snooker balls. That makes it there's, there's the giant snooker balls. Yeah, makes it sound so much more appealing <laughs> and mature. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So he wakes up uh, in his mid-garbed home. Kratos is all pissed off at him because he's gone for days. Um, uh, Preus, uh, Preus, Atreus promised to not, never reveal the existence of Ironwood um, to anger Boda before he left. And this causes some frustration when he won't tell Kratos where he has been. Um, then, uh, but before their conversation gets too heated, they get attacked by Freya um, and a short battle. Kratos manages to hold Freya off, says, hey, hold the phone. We can help you. You can help us. Um, we can free your banish. We figured out a way to travel the plane, the realms. We can help you break your banishment to Midgard. So she's been banished to Midgard. She can't leave it by Odin. Um, so they, Atreus returns to the dwarf home and, uh, Kratos and Freya journey to Midgard. They slay the need hog, uh, which is the dragon at the base of the Yggdrasil's tree, uh, the world tree. Um, and they break Freya of her bindings. Uh, you've learned about Freya's uh, brother, who's partying it up with some uh, survivors at his little war camp. Um, they, uh, Kratos and Freya return to the dwarves' home, uh, where they find Atreus has decided he's going to meet with Odin to try and prevent Kratos' death. And uh, arguments ensue. Uh, Atreus gets angry, loses control, turns into a bear, attacks everybody, and runs away to Midgard. Uh, where he gets scooped up by Odin's ravens and taken to Asgard. Which yeah, is dude, the... that's like where I thought the. That's where I was worried, man. Yeah, like I was like, oh shit, is this where the prophecy actually does come true? Yes, right, and because he, he's going, he's going to Odin, and it's funny how, like, it's. I like how they skirt the. The whole, like, why can't they just tell each other how they're feeling or just tell them if you just told him. But he can't betray Anger Boda's trust. He knows this to a degree. He has such an honor that he won't he won't break it. And he's like his dad in that that regard. Like Kratos, if Kratos says he'll do something, Kratos does it. Or if he says he won't do something, Kratos follows that to a T. And uh He's very much like his father, and he just says, no, not doing it. Not that's not the it's not happening. And um, oh, it's it's just so uh, I just felt felt like like that whole time it could have just been made right. But mm-hmm. tears there. And what Had if he, he told what if he yeah. told them about Anger Boda, the giant ass and the and the uh, Ironwood and Jotunheim exists and they're scooping up souls of giants to uh restore them essentially yeah that's a good point man that could have i mean that obviously would have sent everything very south 
Yes, quickly. because as we know, Tyr is actually Odin this whole time. It's been a big ruse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. it's interesting that despite that, Atreus goes to Asgard. He um, he discovers that Odin has created a refugee for all the Midgardians outside the walls of Asgard because the what is it, Fimble Winter mm -hmm. is here um, and is wreaking havoc across the realms. Um, he climbs the wall shortly after meeting Link from Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, I did not catch that. I all. didn't either, right? You sent okay, me that good. link a while back, and I'm like, oh, I guess so. He's blonde. He has a blue tunic. But it's like, that's it. That's where the... <laughs> is that actually the an homage to Link? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe. He doesn't he's go Kia at all. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty nice kid. I didn't see yeah. him hitting any chickens or anything. So <laughs> no one could say for sure. Yeah, but uh, I guess some people have drawn... Um, illusions from that child too. I can't yeah. remember his name. He starts with an S. Um, but yeah. Anyway, you climb this wall, which uh, is interesting because I know I know a Norse mythology like myth about this this wall that's built around Asgard. And it's pretty entertaining, involving Loki. Uh, but I'll, 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 we don't have to talk about it. Um, he climbs the wall. He is uh, just about to reach the top when good friend Heimdall reaches down. And this is not Idris Elba from the movies. This is a nasty-looking white pasty boy with uh, creepy eyeballs. And uh, he uh, he is the all-seeing god. And by all-seeing, he sees into your brain and reads your thoughts, apparently. And that's oh, how he yeah. does everything. Yeah, um, he is super creepy. He's just... He's so detestable. And you know what? Yeah. To some degree, like I've thought about this a lot after the fact and like kind of like sympathy for Heimdall in, in my mind. Like how how does a god become that warped and like frustrated and just like clearly just angry at everything? And you have to admit that if you knew, say like somebody in your family, you know that, oh, they read everyone's minds all the time. Mm -hmm. you'd feel a little uncomfortable around them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you got to imagine he probably doesn't have a lot of friends. Yeah, probably not. Odin apprides this ability because he will get him information for Odin. Uh, but everyone else probably thinks of him as a pervert, a creep, uh, disgusting. Like, oh, get, like, get away from me. I don't want you in my head. Right. And thus, he's not well-liked. So he probably channels that energy into resentment towards everyone else and that's why he's like i'm better than you all i know i am because i can read your thoughts and see how perverted you guys all are or like oh you're you're gonna you're cheating you're, you're cheating on so and so oh you're you're an alcoholic and you do it because of x y and z and like you know all of their secrets so he is better than everyone else and so he lords that over top of people and that's where he's got he has this air that's so detestable yeah anyway, he's definitely super pretentious and, he uh yeah. he knows that atreus is there to kill odin he wants to kill odin and atreus i guess that's in atreus's mind at, because that's uh that's what he reads and uh basically says that he's not going to let him meet odin he's instead just going to kill him here and there so he, try, he fights Atreus where he toys and plays with them. 
uh, until Odin stops it and warmly greets Atreus. And is so like, oh, you came. Thank you so much for considering me. You can leave any time. Like this whole, like this sweet grandfatherly figure of Odin. He's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. Uh, let me take you, you. We got you a room. This is your room. You can use it, which is like super morbid that you find out that this is the room of like the the like thor's son that he killed in the last game like, <laughs> yeah. oh um he, yeah. <laughs> he uh he meets uh thor's daughter thrude who is a fiery redheaded like like girl that wants to be a valkyrie and she is such a cool character too like she's just so yeah. like she's so much of her father but also like her own character and she's just got like that sort of like smash it with a hammer attitude but also like a little bit more cerebral than her dad who yep, exactly <laughs> i was just gonna say she's way more cognitive like yeah <laughs> thinks it through yeah. yeah and uh he starts to bond with her as they are close in age as well uh and uh so it's it's a cool little friendship they start having despite the fact that no, she's like, no, like my brothers knew what they were into. Like that's they're They were like, they had their own problems. They're too much like my dad, like stuff like that. And she's like, it's fine. We're cool. You and I, I, I don't care that you killed my brothers, which is an interesting thing. Um, Sif, on the other hand, Thor's wife, not so, not so Doesn't cool. feel the same way. No. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, uh, Odin invites, uh, Atreus to uh, enter his bedchambers and into a secret little library where he's got a bro uh, like floating in the middle of the, the the room is like this cut of fabric of reality or whatever, like this little glowing green line. And he's like, hey, I got this stone mask or was it a wood mask um, that is incomplete. It's broken apart. It's got the same writing as the energy coming off of this, like this thing. I want you to read it because Loki has the ability to read any language with his, his giant heritage. So Loki reads it goes, Oh, Hey, this sounds like uh Muselheim. I believe it was right. Muspelheim, Yeah. Muspelheim, Um, and says like, yeah, I think that it's located in Muspelheim. So he's like, all right, Thor, you take Loki, go retrieve the mask. Thor very begrudgingly does this. And he's just so not like just doesn't have the time of day for Loki doesn't like Loki. It's so it's such a good like little whatever. And while you do stuff with like Kratos and and um, and Atreus, like Kratos and Atreus solve puzzles and stuff like that, whereas Thor throws hammers at things to solve the puzzle and it and just... launches you up like yeah <laughs> stories upon stories of yeah. rock and stuff like that. He's just he, blunt force is the answer to it, and it's such a cool little um like pair like when you're pairing it. Um, while searching for it, Loki does realize that oh hey, there's a shrine here that he wants to check out but he can't do it under um, the watch of the, of Thor. So he tricks Thor by saying like, Oh, my dad did these Surtur trials and they're really, really tough and really fun. But I bet you you probably don't want to do that. And Thor's like, nah, I'm going to, you wait here. I'll go do them and I'll be right back. <laughs> and so you slip off and, and you find anger Boda, you find another 
um, shrine, you learn that um, basically Surtur arrives at as Asgard and destroys Asgard during Ragnarok. So you learn another little clue. This is when Anger Boda actually explains about, hey, the, that snake's getting bigger. Um, you find the mass piece with Thor, come back, um, and you uh, go to bed. And then it kind of cuts off towards uh, uh, Kratos and Freya, who have been, uh, who are hunting down the Norns, which are the fates. And this comes into like what you were talking about earlier, right? Like with the, the fates being a significant part of this storyline, right? Everybody's trying to break out of this prophecy. And uh, they go and talk to see, like basically try and see how malleable fate really is. Right. Um, but they basically say fate is not really like necessarily written. They're not seeing the future. They're just seeing how predictable everybody are. And, uh, they basically tell him that, hey, Atreus went to Asgard and uh, Kratos is destined to kill Heimdall in in order to protect Atreus. And um, so now Kratos is like, God, I got to kill Heimdall. I didn't want to do this. I don't want to kill gods anymore. Um, he'll do, but he's going to do it. So uh, if he's going to have to kill Heimdall, he's going to have to find a weapon that can get past Heimdall's all-knowing defenses. Um so basically they go to the dwarves, they talk to the dwarves and they're like, yeah, we can, we can help you. We can make a weapon. And I love like Brock and Sindri's like little dialogues, like what they're like thinking and they're like answering each other's questions without saying anything. And it's like, do you think? And then he would, he's like, and then, oh, and it'll, oh my, and they're like, just like talking in their own little, like half uh, dialogue, half cerebral language. And right, right. Anyway, they go into the a secret closet that drops down into the like basement of their house, which is just littered with rings. And I knew as soon as I saw the rings, I knew exactly where we were going with this because this is another classic dwarven artifact from Norse mythology, which is the drop near ring, which is uh, technically, I believe it's it's a bracelet in Norse mythology that creates rings, but there's a ring in this that uh, every so often creates nine copies of itself. Uh, yeah. So forever. it's just a big old mound of rings, mound of rings. And he's got like the, the base one, like uh, attached to like a rope that he has yeah. to like cut it off of is it's great. And almost drops it back in. Obviously. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Um, so basically um, they decide that Brock and Kratos are going to go take the drop near ring to the lady of the lake, which feels like something out of, uh, uh, Arthurian tales. Um, but, um, they go to the lady of the lake to craft this weapon. Um, that can be so unpredictable that Heimdall cannot foresee its attacks. Um, and this is a really cool chapter because, one, you, you stick in Brock, the master of one-liners, with Kratos, who doesn't say anything. And uh, Brock's personality is abrupt and belligerent. And it's great. Like, just the stuff they talk about. Brock has, gives, starts throwing riddles at Kratos. Uh, and one of which was a, is, is a great one, right? Like, it's it, it kind of permeates the whole, whole story. And... Um, it is um, what um, 
gets bigger the more you take away from it. Yes, that's what it is. What gets bigger the more you you take away from it. And uh, it's cool because like all of the characters, even Mimir, the uh, the the all knowing man of wisdom cannot figure it out and they're like, throughout <laughs> the game like they keep going like when you know when you're riding your boat around and like mimir's like hey kratos i've just been thinking like he'll like start posing riddles to uh kratos to try and help them like figure out what brock's riddle is and um it's so um it's such a good like little mechanic for like because it's not just a one one-off thing like it's it goes it goes with them for the rest of the game and i don't know it's just a cool little thing lady of the lake's a, a mermaid the girl she uh, takes the ring but interesting enough she doesn't acknowledge brock because we find out that something happened to brock and sindri went to the lake of souls or whatever and pulled out brock out of out of out of out of it and um basically returned Brock to life without his actual soul or something like that. Right. Like that's Yeah. The, Did he, we already know that in the first game though? Or I not? don't remember, but I, I know we did, Sindri, but I Sindri talks about it in this game and he talks about the feeling of like so many little hands grabbing at him when he was like pulling him out. And I think this is where his like germaphobic tendency comes from. Yeah. Freeing probably. Brock and having like that, constant feeling of never clean after that yeah um but brock is missing a piece of his soul and without it he's this is probably why he's blue and none of the other dwarves are um but anyway the lady of the lake does not even acknowledge brock's existence only kratos's and brock is so heartbroken by this because he has wanted to meet this lady for so long He's been like, is Sindri's like, no, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go every time. And this is like Brock's time to meet her. And he's so excited. And she doesn't even acknowledge him. And he's so butthurt. But he's like, you know what, Kratos? This is my thing. Don't tell anybody about what happened. Just take the the weapon that she made. And she made him a spear, which is interesting. It's like a hoplite spear from Greece, which is a real cool nod to Kratos's origins. And Brock's like, even like, hey, try out the weapon, see if it works for you. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is literally the weapon I trained with, like, my whole life, like, before I got, like, my blades or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, this is a whole, is that yeah. where he goes into the, depre- one of the several depressing parts of his, like, upbringing and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, ooh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, Kratos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's like, yeah, I know how to use this spear and, and it's a cool weapon. It's a third weapon in, in your roster. And I really like the way it felt. Like, did you use it a lot? Yeah, I, I would say that. And the, uh, blades of chaos were my primary. Weapons. Interesting. Chaos. I, I do think the, the, the axe is badass, dude, but I oh, think yeah. when you like it, the specials for it, I guess, weren't nearly as user-friendly and the range on it like isn't as good so So you have to be really up close and personal on everything yeah so for me i used the axe and the spear most and i only dealt with the the chains if one if i had an elemental like shield on somebody that i needed to break through or two is i've got a bunch of little mooks around me and it's like i could take them all out with just a like area attacks with the uh, the blades of chaos 
and but like for me it's like my axe i use the there's like a one of the um abilities on the axe for the light ability is like just a quick burst that stuns everybody for a half second which yeah. is i use that to knock bosses out of like powerful moves and stuff like that knock them back so i can get off uh, another one another big one and then i used um uh but I used the spear the most, I think, after I got it because I was just so excited to use it. And as soon as I got the, uh, I think it's like the volley of the ancients or something like that. It's it's you throw it up and then thousands of spears rain down. I thought it was just like I was like this is has to be in it like the best the coolest use of of that spear. Yeah, it was definitely. That was definitely sweet. I think there's a slightly stronger one, but that one was definitely pretty I, badass. I think you're right. I think I just ignored it because I just preferred to yeah, see that happen every time. Yeah, it was a way. It was super, very cool. Um, so the cool thing about the spear, uh, you can throw hundreds of them and they just keep reappearing because you technically only have a ring uh, that creates spears instead of a, a ring that creates rings. Um, <laughs> so seems you, slightly more useful. Yeah. Uh, but if he ban- if he bangs the primary spear on the ground, uh, all other spears thrown explode, which creates like this like blast effect, which is what he is going to use to uh, get um, Heimdall. Um, so yeah, they they built this cool weapon uh, in Asgard. Loki befriends Thrud some more, and um, they go on a journey to Helmheim to find another mask piece. So this is kind of like. Uh, Odin sends them with Heimdall and he's kind of like babysit them. But Heimdall's also got his mission. So Heimdall's like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go do my mission. Uh, so they run around Heimdall looking for the mask uh, piece. Uh, it leads them to Garm, a massive wolf who resides in hell and has the convenient ability to tear through the realms. Uh, he's being chained up. Uh, Loki convinces through they got to free the beast. Uh, to get to the mass piece, they free the beast. The mass piece is not there. Uh, Throod is pissed. Heimdall comes back, beats up Loki, basically accusing him of uh, uh, freeing Garm for like his own mischievous gains. Um, Which would fit, you know, yeah. with the character of Loki. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, but Loki um, does uh, fearing that uh, he is uh, he's going to cause more problems throughout the realms uh, returns to his father uh, to try and help him right his mistake. It's also noted that uh, Heimdall stole something. Uh, it was a tool or I think it was a bag uh, to of which to steal the moon for Odin, which comes up pretty quick here. Um, and uh, Kratos and Atreus decide to go back to Helmhine. They uh, subdue the wolf. Loki has learned there was a soul in his knife. And while the the fight is going on, he puts the soul from his knife into Fenrir. This is the same way as like um, the souls from the marbles go into the the snooker balls. Yeah, into Gorm, you mean? Yeah, into Gorm, sorry. He puts the soul of um, uh, Fenrir into into Gorm, which uh, Garm... um, which basically turns the giant wolf into Fenrir. And it's pretty cool because now you got a, it girl, is cool. you got a big old doggo 
Because that part was really sad, like right away. Because the Fenrir dies like at the beginning, very beginning of the game. Yeah. Uh, And it was, I don't know, it was just really sad because you, I don't know, it's Fimble Winter. Yeah. It looks like like Kratos and Atreus, like they coexist, but they aren't like super tight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everything, their life is just kind of like survival. (laughs) And uh, then his, basically his best friend dies and, Fenrir it's just it's really sad so that was cool when uh that was a very cool way to bring that character out you know and what is cool is like they have they have like so many little seeds throughout the game that you find that don't mean anything that are like why did I do this this was so like this feels point felt pointless or it's redundant or why did we go here and do this for this whatever thing and this is one of them where it's like oh hey remember when Fenrir died at the very beginning and it was just sad and pointless oh remember when he cast that spell and you didn't you're like what the hell is this this is going to be something significant nothing pays off for like 20 hours well 25 hours later here it is (laughs) the outcome you get to put the soul of Fenrir into a giant wolf that can tear through the realms which is amazing yeah um so we got the best boy, Fenrir, who with uh, chicken legs. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so basically that was cool. They they saved it. And since uh, Atreus is back with everybody uh, again, um, Kratos doesn't have a, a desire to kill Heimdall because he's no longer in danger. Um, I, they believe, I believe they decide to uh, go with Freya to get uh, Freyr, her brother, who's uh, living it up the hippie style in uh, <laughs> yeah, he is I don't know, he's such dude. a surfer dude, right? It's yeah, just, he is, I like that. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. He just seems like right on like great. Oh no, it's totally yeah, cool. It's cool, bro. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they go to Vanaheim to basically um, rec- recruit him to their little party, I guess, or to, to get him to safety or warn him of, of Odin. And uh, they learn that Fur has been kidnapped by Heimdall, and who has also led a um, army to uh, kidnap the moon or steal the moon. And so Kratos has to like they have to like plant like do a little uh, subterfuge. Uh, Atreus goes with a different shapeshifter character, and they go off to the boar. It's Freya's boar, and they go off to. Um, do some um i don't know like they're sneaking around and doing so i can't fully remember what happened here but kratos and freya have to basically sneak in and set off a firework when when they're at a certain point to alert the armies to attack or whatever uh and get them by surprise um which will give them enough time to steal the moon and free freya um but i Basically, what happens is Heimdall shows up to attack uh, Kratos, and you have to fight him. And uh, it's the that super like f you fight. He's mocking you the whole time, and, and is this it? Is this all you got? You're the god of war, like pathetic. And like you're like you feel so good just punching his face in when like you first get him with that spear, and he's like, wait, what? I'm I'm bleeding <laughs> and like shock and just like just confusion on his face. 
So you beat him up, but Atreus lets him, or sorry, not Atreus, sorry, Kratos lets him live. And I think that's a huge testament to like Kratos's per- personality, his character. He is changed as the god killer and has become so much more merciful and it's but such is a it, cool moment yeah it is it is partially that but it's also i was thinking just now like when i was playing the game i completely agree with what you're saying like he's being more he's not just killing to kill and yeah uh meaninglessly or whatever but also it makes you wonder like does he believe that this would prove the prophecy, you know what I mean? Yeah. That the lady of the lake would then be right or the, not the lady of the lake, Lawrence. but the, yeah, exactly. And part of me was curious as to like, maybe he's his, he has duplicate motives or not duplicate motives, but double motives there to yeah. not prove the prophecy. Right. But also not be a God killer. Yeah. But then Heimdall says something stupid and he's got to kill him. Um, does so he say, it, doesn't he say something about killing Atreus? Or yeah, whatever? he's like, I'm going to go and kill Atreus. I'm going to slaughter him and blah, blah, blah. If you don't kill me and blah. And so, yeah, so he ends up killing, uh, killing him. So uh, long story short, they um, they get the moon back. Uh, they shoot an arrow across the sky, causing an eclipse. Uh, the with the moon on it, I don't. Know. Some, the moon causes an eclipse. The wolves start running. It's cool, really cool cutscene, visually impressive. Um, everybody returns back to the uh, um, uh, the dwarves' place. Uh, they've got Frere there. He's he's wounded. Uh, Tyr basically warns everybody that Odin is was only letting everybody live as long as no more Asgard blood is spilled. Uh, with Heimdall's death, uh, he's going to start seeking revenge. It's going to be dangerous. Uh, so Atreus decides that he should return to Heim- or, so Asgard, learn the secrets of the universe before Odin, and, and get the last piece, before Odin learns that Heimd- of Heimdall's death. So Sindri gives Atreus an item to warp him back before he, if he gets in trouble. Atreus returns to Odin, who sends him on another mask mission with Thor, um, and then after retrieving the final math piece, Thor's wife Sif shows up demanding Thor kill Loki for the deaths of their sons. Atreus uh, decides, uh, heck no, uh, smashes the little item that Sindri gave him and he warps them back to Sindri's house, uh, where the party decides this is it. This is the final push. We got to sneak it. We got to do something to, uh, Use this mask to stop Odin. Dude, uh, the, there is one part where when they're bringing uh, Freyr back. Yeah. Right after this, where uh, Freyr has this magic like origami boat that turns oh, yeah. into a massive boat that yes. flies in the sky. And now you can access Vanaheim, like other areas of Vanaheim that you couldn't before. Yeah. And it, yeah, like yeah. A, just as an aside, like Alfheim and... Uh, Anaheim turn into these areas where it's just like basically all uh, like secondary stuff, like stuff that you don't have to do in order to uh, finish the game, you know, or complete the story. But it's completely 
it's just massive, dude. Oh yeah, the, that second area of Vanaheim or that other area that's not relevant really to the story. I don't think you have to go there at all. No, you can just leave this poor guy who dove off the boat to kill these dragons. Basically, the, when they're saving Freyr, I think are there two dragons attacking, yes, and this dude right. just jumps off and stabs him or yeah. something and then they fall down and you assume he's dead but then he sets off a flare that lets you know that he's not yeah so uh you can go back there and rescue him and it turns into this massive area of the game that takes several hours to finish that oh, probably it took could the, have probably been the a com- longest like for me to finish oh. out of any other area because yeah it's, exactly it's- it's massive, but it's also segmented in such a way, right? Like you, you move through it um, and you work your way around all these, these areas. If I do all these missions and then you find out that like, Oh, in this one section, you can actually release like essentially a dam that fills up all of the craters. And now you can boat around to a whole bunch of different islands that existed yeah. there that you couldn't. Oh, it was just or inaccessible previously. Yeah, exactly. The amount of like, environmental storytelling in that like just the amount of stuff that like is you have to do these certain things in order to to unlock more areas of it it's just it was fascinating man i thought that was really cool you had to fight like four dragons while you were there and and there's like a lot of really cool like um hunt hunting quests like you hunted like a uh not a satyr a centaur lady and uh she was like and kratos is like feeling like so like like she's a noble like she's a noble hunter and he doesn't he like he, she's just defending her land but she's gotten like she's gone kind of mad from like the constant war and fighting that she's just killing everything and everyone and he feels bad to put her down because like she's she had every right to do what she was doing but she's just like because she's hunting them that they have to hunt her back and it was it's like you see a lot of of Kratos's character in this section too because you talk to a bunch of spirits in this area that have all been like part of like some battle that Thor basically Thor destroyed this region um after getting really drunk and having a fight with somebody and you learn that Thor was fighting with uh Fey which is um which was Kratos's wife and you learn like there's a whole thing going on with that. It's such a cool moment where like Kratos learns about stuff he never knew about his wife. And the fact that like she was a warrior and she fought with the axe that he uses and fought Thor. And it was just, it was really cool. Like a lot of this side quest stuff really flushes out all the characters and flushes out all of um, these sort of like, like there's a side quest with Freya where she kind of learns to like forgive or not forgive. She learns to accept Kratos had no choice. They go back to Alfheim, uh, Freya and Kratos and they free, free the other half Gufa, uh, giant jellyfish monster. I made a funny joke about it at the very beginning. I'm sure everybody <laughs> remembers. Um, I do. <laughs> and I love the name half Gufa. Half Gufa. <laughs> and uh, basically, when they free the second half Gufa, the two half Gufas breed and create hundreds of half Gufas. But in order to breed, they have to die. And they they kind of comment like a parent will do anything for their children. And at that moment, like tra- like Freya kind of goes like, "Listen, Kratos, I know why you did." why you killed my son 
you also know why like i can't ever really forgive you but like we have an like they they kind of agreed that they have an understanding and kratos says to her like if i could go back in time and change and like change everything i wouldn't i would still do the exact same thing because that is what i had to do to protect um, atreus and it's such a like he's not i'm not sorry for it i and her too right yeah like he he protected her from yeah. him also so. yes he's like i understand why you hate me and you have every right to do it but i stand by what i did just as i respect you for doing like standing for what like you and there's like that sort of moment of like they're never going to be totally okay with each other but they understand each other and they can live with that and i think that's such a cool like moment of like you don't always have to agree with somebody you don't always have to to um um get along with somebody but you can still respect somebody and cooperate with them even though you don't you're you're not friends right and right. It's such a cool moment there um there is also like when they're freeing the first the first half gufa with atreus um and they're going for like essentially they're looking for that other shrine uh Groa's shrine way at the beginning that whole quest felt like what was the point was it what the hell was that all about yeah, uh, you free this half goofa after they go to the Groa shrine because Atreus is like, let's go free it, let's go free it, and so you do it. And Atreus asks Kratos, it's like, why, like, why did you do, like, why did you come this way? Why did we do this? Like, this, it wasn't important. Why did we do it? And and I think um, Kratos says something really cool. He says like, I did it because you wanted to do it. And I just wanted to spend more time with you, which feels so out of character for Kratos, this like gruff, stoic individual. But he's he's just like, I want to spend more. I want to be with you. And if you want to do it, then that's what I want to do. I just want to do it with you. Yeah. It's such a cool moment. Oh, boy. Anyway, um, the big twist happens pretty soon because when... Yeah, basically they everybody's back at the back at the dwarves house and uh, they have to figure out how to get into Asgard. Tyr is so excited to do this. He tells um, us he tells them there's a secret entrance into Asgard that I know and uh, we can get in there. We can use the mask without Odin even knowing it's going to be perfect. Let's do it. Let's go. He snatches up the mask. He's like, let's let's do it. And Brock calls Tyr on his bullshit. He's like, hey, hang on a minute. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> it's like, you're like pussyfooting around us doing anything to do with this war this whole time. You're Suddenly, now you're all gung-ho. He, he, I think he takes the mask away from Tyr and basically like, explain yourself. Like, what's going on? And, and that's when Tyr stabs Brock. And it's like, what the f yeah. uh, he stabs Brock, takes the mask, Tyr transforms into Odin, as Tyr was Odin the whole time. The spoiler. Yep. Oh my god, everything is you're you're like, wait, all those moments, all those times when when he learned of Odin's death and that thing for oh my god. <laughs> anyway. Kratos throws a spear at him or something like that and gets the mask back just before uh, Odin disappears, like vanishes, poof. 
does his thing. Um, the Raven, the Raven, Raven apparition, yeah. apparition, which is such a cool teleporting. It is cool. Technique. Yeah, it is. Just thousands of Ravens cover, like fly around you and suddenly yeah. you're somewhere else. Um, the party uh, basically has no choice to go, but go to war now. Uh, so Atreus and Kratos go to Muspelheim to recruit Surtur. Uh, Freyr goes to assemble the elves and a broken hearted um, and angry Sindri uh, goes to gather the says he'll go to gather the dwarves. I think Sindri's change of demeanor here is so poignant. Like it's just so Sindri goes from like this kind of meek anal little brother who just like uh, who's super like I, I I, I don't know. Like he just, he becomes so angry and so bitter and he resents Loki for it so much. He's pissed at everybody. Oh, everyone for sure. But especially, I think he blames Atreus more than anyone because it's Atreus who said, let's go get Tyr. Let's bring Tyr. And he basically blame, like he says it to, he's like, you brought him into my house. And, And he's like, you took everything. You yeah. took my house. You took, yeah. like, you just kept taking oh. and taking. And, like, but then, like, later on, I thought Kratos makes a good point that, like, don't pay attention to anything anyone says in grief. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is a good point, again, that just transfers to real life. Like, yeah. People say a lot of stuff when they're that broken hearted, you know yeah. what I mean? And also, like, it's his whole, like, his brother is, like, his only family, you know what yeah. I mean? And, but, Lunda, we haven't talked about Lunda yet, but yeah, with the oh, Lunda's great. I love <laughs> yeah, Lunda. Um, w- except for the uh, post game when she's the dwarf doing all your your stuff, and mm-hmm. you just looking good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same get thing. Get it, over bloody yeah, looking exactly. good. Like, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> the number of like verbal or like yeah. lines that they have for different characters when you're aimlessly yeah. wandering around that world, they couldn't come up with like two more lines for Linda <laughs> to say when you're crafting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, anyway, the party has no choice but to go to war. Um, they go to war. <laughs> A tra- uh, basically. Kratos himself blows Heimdall's horn. Now, if we remember all the way back to that first like reveal that, oh, hey, Tyr's going to lead um, Ragnarok because it's going to be a spear-wielding warrior. Um, and that's why he thought it was Tyr, because Tyr wielded a spear. It's suddenly, oh my god, it's Kratos. Kratos is leading them because Kratos now has a spear weapon. And... It's such a like like how all the pieces start to click. Basically, they all they blow the horn of uh, uh, Heimdall's horn. Basically, portals start opening up like Swiss cheese. It's it's uh, Avengers Endgame. Everybody's jumping into yeah, for Asgard. Sure. Um, elves are showing up. The the um, uh, basically they've got like uh, Fenrir ripping through reality with Anger Boda. Uh, you see the. Um, Midgard Serpent, Jormungandr show up, and it's a different Mid- it's not the old Midgard Serpent, it's beating the shit out of Thor like they're fighting hard, and it's like oh shit, like that guy he didn't come from Midgard he came from a whole different realm like he, this is not this is not the old one, this is a younger Jormungandr, so 
it's cool how like they like, hey, that's the one you did. Remember when you gave that stupid snake a uh, a dragon soul or a demon soul or not demon soul? What is it? A giant soul. The giants. Yeah, um, and then got all upset that it didn't do anything. Yeah, well, spectacular, and gave your stuff back to yeah, uh, Angerboda. Yeah, so everybody starts charging. They're fighting, and suddenly Atreus noticed something. He's like, "Hey." Look at all these Midgardians. Like, they're literally, like, stuck against the... They're, they have to fight. This isn't good. Like, Odin's just using them as fodder, as, like, a cushion, right? Uh, we're slaughtering all these essentially innocent civilians of the realm. Um, and so, basically, they had to do a mid-change of plans. Like, they're, they're supposed to, like, just plow through, destroy everything, and just rock it. Like, they, they would have just annihilated but that would have been at the casualty of all of these innocents so kratos who's leading them commands freya and Freyr to slow the progress of ragnarok after they did all this work to bring it here now they have to stop this like unstoppable force from doing the one thing that they brought it all together to do uh and then there like suddenly the dwarves show up which is only sindri who comes in with the magical tuning fork, blows a hole in the wall of Asgard, uh, big enough for like people, to, a few people to get through. Basically, says no more dwarves are gonna die, and disappears again. Um, looking quite gruff too. Oh yeah, way. he's he's looking. He's definitely not washing anymore. Yeah, he's in bad shape. Yeah, um, but uh, basically the. Uh, you fight Thor. Um, he comes in. He's all pissed off. You fight Thor. You win. Kratos spares Thor. Starts to reason with him. Thor begins to see reason. Odin shows up and kills him for disobeying. <laughs> Which is like, oh, shit. What? What? Odin's starting to be a real bastard. Freya arrives. And suddenly, like, there's this whole spat between him and Freya. All of them, all of you are fighting now. And it's just this pretty damn cool epic battle with you, Odin, Freya, um, Atreus. Uh, finally, you defeat Odin. Uh, he begs Atreus, just use the mask. Open up the portal. Let us see what's on the other side. Uh, and Atreus defies fate, breaks the mask, and... Basically, this is where I'm 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 seeing that early that that death scene. So Treas essentially cradles Odin in his arms and puts him into that orb, right? Which is what you saw on the mural that Anger Boda shows you in Jotunheim. Except it's not it's not Kratos, it's Odin going into the marble. Oh yeah. So this is why I think that maybe I got to go back and check out that scene or at least watch a clip of it because I yeah. maybe that mural looks a little different than what, but your gut reaction is supposed to be like, that's ah, Kratos. Um, regardless, uh, Odin is now inside a marble. He gives it to Freya um, because that's her ex-husband. She should probably deal with it. But before Freya can do anything, <laughs> Sindri pops back in, snatches it, puts it on the table, smashes it with a hammer, and then fucks off again. Yep. 
which is just like eh, good for him <laughs> yep fair enough um and then it goes into the end end game where it's like the realms are starting to rebuild sif and thrude are helping the Midgardians. atreus and uh, kratos uh, meet up with freya and anger boda uh, where they learn of a final shrine this is phase shrine uh, but on the back side is which is a really cool part and it, uh, you open it up and it's actually Kratos's shrine too. And Kratos is there and it's a big giant like future foretelling where he is being worshipped by everyone, not being feared as he always was. And he cries, which is fucking like going through those games with Kratos being the way he is and as stoic as he is. He cries he, like not like tears. It's like it's just couple tears stream down his face and you like that that's enough yeah You're like holy it shit it would have been funny had they had him just like <laughs> sobbing <laughs> uncontrollably <laughs> everybody just gets real awkward and walks away yeah. atreus uh declares that he's gonna go on a journey to find the lost giant uh giant snook snooker balls so, yeah. um and so uh kratos trusts him and lets him go which is really cool and so like for yeah. the post game stuff you peer team up with uh freya and uh you go and do some finishing stuff and which is in the end game is great man because it oh, not only do you get to go to ironwood as kratos and yeah. freya which is cool and see like some of the other uh murals that are there yeah. yeah and uh but also like you fight gana which you and i talked about is a ridiculously difficult boss and they it's not just pointless they're not like oh hey there's this random Valkyrie queen go fighter. There's actually like a story reason behind it. And same with the, uh, what's the other thing? Oh, Brock's funeral, man. Like, yes. which was, I mean, they finally saw the riddle. Man. Yeah. Which is like the more, like the, the time that they solved the riddle is so gut wrenching because yeah. like you think about like the whole, like what, what do you, the more you, uh, Take away, you take away it, from it it gets bigger yeah. as a whole and like you gotta think like that's some sort of euphemism towards like the heart or your yeah like, you know like sindri shows up shoot like he what did he do he like shot the arrow or something like no, that freya and, shoots the arrow sure, I think yeah he, but he, he lights, lights it on fire or something but yeah he or shows maybe up for a half like just such a heartbeat at that funeral and yeah. he's gone and it's like you can just see like that's the whole right his his hole is yeah. eating him up and we don't get conclusion to that no that's I, I mean that's another reason that i think there's i i know not many people think there's going to be yet another sequel and i don't know if it's going to transition to atreus as the primary character now or what but there's so, going to be something man i think kratos's story has to be done like if you, you got to think about it like you went through all of the like original God of War games, right? He destroys his entire civilization, all of the gods there. He rules that place in like such a violent manner uh, to leave it all behind and go and try and start anew. He starts a family. Uh, he has a son. He raises that son, ends up stopping like a tyrant from ruling the realms only to be worshipped as a god himself with like people worshiping him like right like it's they are happy to see a kratos like that is 
<laughs> something you just don't imagine. Right. And I feel like that, like he's, he's done it. Like he has completed his story. If they did another, like, and you're Kratos again, I feel would be a huge disservice to the character uh, development he went through. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I think it'll go over to Treyas and you'll just has to be. that will be the primary character. And then maybe Kratos will be in there in some way, shape Capacity, or form. But, but yeah, he's not yeah. he's not going to primary. Be, yes, I think Atreus has to be the main character going forward. And I think the god of war is going to be some other pantheons god of war, whether it be Egyptian or Celtic or um, even like uh native american right like you've got they don't have uh gods the way we do but they have spirits and and people that represent uh uh various aspects of life right so maybe yeah. it's some in some capacity of that because i think i feel that tear in reality that Odin peered into to see is essentially the i think it's like something like an all-encompassing all of their realms, like as uh, Yggdrasil encompasses all of um, the Norse mythology uh, realms, right? And connects them all together. It's something yeah. even bigger that connects all walks of reality to together. Yeah. I, I, I really hope they don't just like leave it at the end at, at where it is. Yeah. I hope you we see I mean? Sindri again. I want to see more of, of his story. Yeah. Um, I feel you like hate to leave it that open. Yeah. I just don't think they would do that. Man. No, I know. But like, come on, like a, a young adult, uh, Loki with anchor Boda as his cohort, dude. And you know, she's going to be like in the next one and she's gotta be, she's probably going to be the sidekick or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. Yeah. That sort of mechanic they took like, so you talk about the first 2018 when they're like, yeah, you're going to have your son following you around and everybody's like, Oh my God, really? Like you're going to have a, uh, it's going to be a, an escort a, mission, escort mission constantly. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, they, they show you like how you can do that without making it feel like an escort mission ever. Right? Like they're literally just another weapon. But you've got them in such a, they they act on their own and then they help you out and you can utilize them when you need them. It's it just feels so good to have those side even when you've got like Brock and Sindri as your sidekicks, <laughs> Sindri with his bag of weird items, yeah, throwing out. Oh, it's so good, dude. I'm I'm I've never had more confidence that a studio could keep this going and keep it satisfying. Exactly because they do such a fantastic job, and I think switching the characters would make a big difference and almost like be another um like restart another reboot of yeah. it you know you don't even i don't know if they would call it god of war or what they would do but um, i think the way you do it is you call it something different but have god of war as the subtitle or you call it god of war but you focus on a different god of war Right. Like you're it's not Kratos it's referring to or something like that. Right. Right. Maybe we're going to learn more about Tyr because we when you beat the game, uh, if you got the platinum, you go back to um, basically uh, the Odin's tree. And there's a secret path that has been been made with the with the wreckage of Asgard. And uh, you find a prison 
And in this prison, you like you fight your way down this prison. It's kind of like a, it's not super elaborate, but it's like it's a it's a puzzle to get to the bottom. And when you get to the bottom, you find a person in a cell. And who is it? It's Tear, the real Tear, the real Tear. We and, think at least yeah. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this Tear is like he is not. He has a different attitude. He's just kind of like, thanks for saving me. Uh, I've been saved. Let me like, piss off. Give me some time. I need to like sort out my thoughts before I re-enter the world. Um, He's still kind of a pacifist, though. Yeah, but but not as hardcore. Not as, as much. I don't know. Yeah. He felt he had a gruffer demeanor. Like he yeah. was like, like I'm not dicking around with you guys. Like get get lost. I'm gonna yeah. do my own thing here. Like, right, right. I've just been freed. I'm not about to be like a <laughs> hitch to the side of somebody for any reason. So for sure. But yeah, he's it's interesting. I would like to maybe maybe we come back and we deal some do something with Tyr. Um, not playing as Tyr, but maybe it's Loki dealing with Tyr and uh, maybe Tyr helps Loki uh, with his quest to uh, find the giants. And bring them back. Um, regardless, I think it's a, a really cool uh, place they've left us off. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, man. Great job with the summarization. Man. That was <laughs> something else. I definitely would not have been able to do that with uh, from memory for sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, you got anything else to throw at it? Oh, fuck, I can't think just... of much else. There's, I feel like I'm missing game. one thing that I wanted to say, and you know what? We'll just be able to have to talk about it. And why don't anybody listening, if there's some poignant moment that you think just made this game so amazing that you want to share, share it with us because yeah, that we may have missed because we probably missed something. We probably missed a lot of things. I feel like even... you did a great job with the summary, man. That's that's pretty. Uh... I think inclusive, I think, but the biggest thing is like how much of the side quests pertained to the core of the story and like the development of characters and stuff like that. And I, I, you can't sit there and and like, I can't, like if we go over every side quest, we'd be here forever. Right. Like, I, like I said at the beginning, like I went through every side quest as they were available and the game was like, it felt almost like a hundred hours for me, which is like not the length of the game. It's how long is it? Like, maybe 20 ish yeah 20 to 30 yeah and with all of those extra stuff that i was doing uh i was pushing it i was pushing probably 60 hours before i i beat the game and uh but like there's so much character development there's so much like there's so many moments that really just like you're like i just really want to know what how how this is resolved and and how the characters react because even mimir mimir is such a huge character throughout it and we barely talk about him because he's kind of just like your navi character right he's just the one who tells you uh oh hey this is what this is and this is that and oh i heard him a story once but he does such a good job at like tying all of these characters that sometimes don't want to be together together in a way yeah. that's like he's like hey tell us that story that one time remember <laughs> like it's like oh are you uh 
are you a singer, Kratos? Have you ever played an instrument or whatever? And Kratos is like, yes, I've played an instrument. And he's like, oh, really? Can you, can you, will you ever play it for me? He's like, no. And then yeah. that's it. And it's that's just like, it. oh. <laughs> so we've got canon that Kratos is is uh, was a musician at some point. And I don't know. It's It's such a cool mechanic to have like a character like that who who just like ties everybody together in such a way yeah for sure um well yeah you're 100 percent, man i'm sure like you said listeners out there will have some input on a story that was meaningful whether it be in the primary uh gameplay or in the ancillary missions that you took on like there's a lot of there's one like father and son one where they're going after they don't talk to each other and independently go after the treasure. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that's how they both die. Yes. It's because they, they both went after the treasure oh, and they didn't wow. tell each other. So it's, it's like there's stuff like that in there that I think is like you said, they're all poignant to the overall overarching story of what it's trying to tell you. Uh, so yeah. None of them are really like meaningless, but yeah. um, that said, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, James, for that again, wonderful summary i very much appreciate it <laughs> just me talking for an hour and a half hey man i tried to interject with salient no, points if i had them you did you had a <laughs> lot of good ones i, I, I like the tan the tangents are were i felt yeah were the best because i got to stop talking <laughs> <laughs> well no i appreciate it man um you all can hit us up at mn gamers podcast on twitter you can find me at johnny samsonite Angie at Stellar Smalls, Chris at BG Occasion, James is at But Lord Primus. James, tell the people where you're streaming that and what you're streaming this week. Okay, I stream uh, twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, um, usually in the evenings, on twitch.tv slash BLP Entertainment. Um, and I'm playing this, I played Fall, I'm playing Fallout 3 on Mondays, and I'm playing Unmetal on Wednesdays. I don't know how long Unmetal's going to last. It's a hilarious take on the Metal Gear franchise, uh, focused morely on the like the 2D version of, of Metal Gear, and it is hilarious. So Hilarious. Yeah. Well, yeah, join James on his one of many streams, Mondays and Wednesdays at right, 10 p.m., isn't it? Well, yeah, it would be for you 10 guys. p.m. Central Time. 8 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah. You do the math. I don't know where you live. That's listener. about it. 7 or 8 p.m. Depending. <laughs> uh, you can uh, follow us at, or you can check out old versions of Mostly Normal Monthly at uh, mngamers.substack.com. And you can email us, no, voicemail us at 507 291 2991. And that is all that we have for you today. Oh, yeah. You can also email us. Did I say that already? Podcast no, no. Do it, Sometimes <laughs> I might say some of these things like four times. You know what I mean? And I just wouldn't know depending on the time that we're recording and how exhausted I am at a given time. <laughs> <laughs> so there yeah. could be certain times I say the podcast email like four times and nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And I just don't know. But with that said, um, We'll talk to you again later this week because I think uh, at least Chris and James are going to get together on Wednesday and record. So you'll have another one from us uh, later on this week. So look forward to that. And with that, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thanks, James. Oh, thank you.